Imagine, if you will, that you're traveling into another time. In this time, the boundaries of what you thought were true were only a figment of your imagination. A history clouded in dust, where allies and heroes, not always what they seem, are locked in a never-ending struggle for power. The time is 1947, and you're about to peer through this alternate world and enter Dust HQ. Tonight we're just going to be going through some, catching up a little bit, talking about some recent events, some stuff that have gone on uh, recently in the world of dust with myself, with Greg, with kind of the rest of the team. We'll jump in and kind of look at a couple specific scenarios that we've played recently at some of these events and that have been uh, out in the Paradise Lost campaign. Uh, we're going to highlight a bit of the VK stash and talk about how you can use that in, to enhance your matches and really wreck havoc on your enemy and uh, as always when we have Greg try to hopefully get a couple previews out of him so here we go thank you very much for tuning in take us away Greg what have you been up to lately hello everyone uh, well uh, it has been a very busy time uh, since Gen Con basically we started what we have fun calling with Alicia the the world tour of dust uh, but basically, it's a U.S. tour of all our best retailers, uh, and we have uh, we bring with us basically the pre the new releases from August to show them to people. But also, we bring the previews that are going to be released uh, for Christmas. So we're really excited to show them first because they are pretty awesome and badass, obviously. Uh, but it's also because it's going to be the first miniatures that we release uh, with the new brand ready to play, uh, which means that the prime, what we used to call prime now is going to be called ready to play because we have now this new plastic that we're using that is um, so either a, a PVC, the soft plastic that we use for the, for the infantry or uh, hard plastic that we use for the vehicles, but it's going to be already uh, colored in the color that you used to have as a primer. Uh, and the primer is going to disappear. So you're basically going to have really just the plastic, but already colored with the decals and everything like you used to have, uh, so that you can play them right out of the box. Or you're going to be able to prime them yourself, uh, because we discovered that people that uh, basically were painting their, their miniatures were repriming their miniatures most of the time. So that saves uh, time and effort uh, for everyone to just offer the plastic as it is. It's still going to be completely put together and glued together, but it's just colored plastic now. Yeah, so you're really probably not going to notice much difference at all. It sounds like it's going to be very similar to what you're already seeing. Yeah, it is, it is really basically the same thing. Uh, painters will notice the difference. Uh, other players will not. I know I've, I've kind of gone, I, I paint as many miniatures as I possibly can. I don't get to everything in my force, but there has been a lot of times where I'll, I'll usually go back, depending on what colors I'm using, I'll go back and hit it with a white or a gray just to kind of make some stuff pop. So it's a, it's a step that's not going to hurt me at all. Um, and even still, depending on what you're using, yeah, you really, I think that's uh, 
it's going to be good. It's going to be good for everybody. So still right out of the box, ready to get out on the battlefield. So exactly nice. that's that's really that it's still the same spirit so but yeah so the these previews are uh, notably uh the ign pla and mythos hq uh because these three factions uh or blocks were missing uh hqs to be able to reactivate heal or repair their vehicles so it's now it, they're going to be able to do it properly uh which is really necessary uh, also, they're going to have three heroes in each box, uh, and these heroes really compete uh, to be the most amazing and the most charismatic, uh, but they also bring brand new gameplay for each faction. Uh, so for the Mythos, for example, you're going to have uh, the infamous Rasputin, uh, which will allow you to actually reactivate and heal your monsters. The very big monsters from the mythos that until now were not able to do to be reactivated or healed or repaired because of their vehicle. Uh, so that's that's a big big change for the faction. Uh, you're gonna have Ekaterina, uh, for which platoon the platoon is just amazing. If you play her with saboteurs, one squad of saboteurs that she's part of will become spy, and that's that creates again. Some, some, how can I say that? Some chemistry on the table that is pretty lethal for your opponent. Uh, I just realized because I, I've been playing the saboteurs lately, uh, and that's what I'm going to bring to our next events. But I'm going to, I just realized actually that these troops uh, actually roll 25 dice against infantry one in melee. <laughs> They're, they're so because, they're so much fun. Because, I love the saboteurs. Yes, they are absolutely amazing. Uh, really, uh, it's the, your hardest part will be to bring them in combat. But once they are in combat, they are just completely bonkers good. Uh, and that's really that's going to be a lot of fun because with the with a blast attack in melee will really change a lot of things for this for this unit. So it's going to be really fun. Just um, just run them up right behind your avatar of Cthulhu. Just run them right up behind him. So that they can't get shot exactly. at, really. And then after the and avatar when, hits them, and they, they can run around with the dynamite. <laughs> that's pretty much that. And if you play with Ekaterina, you will have one unit that arrives directly in melee in range one of an enemy unit. Uh, so it's just amazing. So, so yeah, really excited about that. Uh, so for the PLA, you're going to have the first hero in Armor 4 that is not uh steel guard for the ssu mm. uh, so it's going to be a little strange for a lot of people because obviously it's a hero that cannot join a unit that is not steel guard for the ssu uh, but at the same time uh it's going to be very interesting to maybe think about sacrificing the, the the faction bonus which in my not so humble opinion is a crutch that people are using way too much anyway uh, but you're going to be able to use this hero with any Steel Guard unit uh, because he has an ability that transfers to the units uh, and that allows him to make them experts on all their weapons. Oh. Yes. Oh. That's exactly <laughs> that. <laughs> so obvious, the obvious uh, anti-infantry squad is just becoming indecently good uh, but it's also on any other squad that you're going to be able to really wreak havoc uh, and that's going to be extremely apart basically of, uh, from the sniper squad that really doesn't need him 
all the other all the other units are going to take advantage of it super easily. Uh, and that means that you can have a PLA army uh, based on this overwhelming number of uh, very weak troops and a lot of dice. And suddenly you have this elite core that allows you to really uh, put the damage where it matters, when it matters. So, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be really fun. Uh, obviously, this is very impressive, but in my opinion, the most impressive hero of the box is going to be Wong, uh, Dr. Wong. Uh, so this guy uh, is basically a scrambler and uh, a poisoner. So that means that uh, as long as he's on the table, you will not be able to heal your troops. And as long as he's on the table in a certain range, you're going to have to reroll for you re to reactivate your troops to actually give command actions. Yeah. So, so that's a lot. That's really a lot. Uh, so it's going to be a very good hero. Armor 1, so extremely fragile. You're going to have to cover him. Uh, but it's going to be a lot of fun to play. Uh, it's a nice, it's the, a nice counter because you see some some people's lists are pretty heavily reliant on the fact that they want to be able to try and reactivate certain units. So to have yeah a character on the board that's going to now block that, it uh, that's that adds a, a fun level of a fun counter there. Yeah, especially with a hero that is so easily. Uh, maneuverable and uh, hideable in a unit. Uh, of course, that doesn't make him invincible, but that really helps uh, if you just put him in a very cheap unit of PLA Assault Squad. Uh, it's going to be really uh, five points easily uh, sacrificed so that he has five more HPs. So that makes it really, really easy to, to use and durable. So so yeah, it's, uh, it's really funny. The other funny detail is that his complete name is not just Dr. Wong. But it's Doctor Something Wong, <laughs> and and we apologize for that, but we're <laughs> so actually kind of proud of it at the same time. There you go. It's they're, they're trying to be very punny. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so, so that's that's another hero for the box. Uh, the third hero is Commissar Poon that uh, early PLA adopters already know. Uh, but the others will learn to appreciate an expert on uh, demolition charges. Uh, it's always fun, especially on a commissar that can come back. So it's really, it's really fun. Uh, uh, what else? Uh, I talked about the IGN. So the IGN is going to have a command squad. And for the gameplay twist that we introduced with this unit for the command squad, is that it's going to be the first command squad with six HPs. Uh, because they have the first support weapon inside the squad. Mm. Uh, so the, the, the heavy machine gun carried by one of the cadets is actually carried by two cadets, and they function in a way that is very similar to the, to the support weapons right now, so you're going to be able to use two weapons uh, on the same, on the same uh, which I should say, base, basically. Uh, and one of them dies, you can still use the heavy machine gun or the other weapon alternatively, depending on what you need. So it's going to be very interesting for the for this common squad. Uh, so that's very, very, very good, very exciting. Uh, the heroes, uh, you can have a, an excellent leader, uh, a very good uh, damage dealer with a, I wish to see a, like a 
pocket mortar, basically. Mm. Uh, and you're going to have also uh, another hero that is here to uh, wreak a lot of havoc in your in your command in your command uh, in your chain of command. So for that, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep it a little bit under because we are. Last time I had the cards, they were supposed to be the almost final ones, but not really. So I don't want to give too much. Uh, it's probably going to be in a in another podcast very soon. I'm not worried about that. Uh, but yeah, the 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 IGN uh, HQ box is the one that really really uh, I, I mean tickles my fancy the the most uh, because strategy wise it's really interesting and the miniatures like exude charisma. It's insane. So. It's no, really, really beautiful. There's some really excellent sculpts. Um, I, I like the, all the sculpts in the Japanese HQ box and also the sculpts in, in, in the uh, cultist HQ box is really, yeah, really yeah. good, too. There's a lot of character in there. I mean, you have even the saboteurs that recently came out. It's just fantastic. There's so much character and, and energy in the, uh, that you can feel from those. And putting them on yeah, the table is, is just a good time. Yeah, there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of dynamism. It's it's really yeah. I'm very li very literally. There's a lot of dynamism. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. They are <laughs> they are they are moving around and stuff. And yes. They, it's it's we're really proud of what we're doing right now. It's I mean we've never been ashamed of it, but it's really really uh, a good time right now. So the, the dual wielding dynamite guy right now is is up there with. Some of my favorite sculpts that we have in the game. Yeah, so, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Well, so you so. you guys uh, you got to do a little bit of traveling too recently. You brought a lot of that stuff down to Vegas. Was uh, we went to Atlanta. We went to Atlanta first, and then to Vegas. So for every time we had a whole weekender, so it lasted two days. Uh, for Atlanta, it was on a Friday and a Saturday, and then uh, uh, in Vegas, it was uh, a Saturday and Sunday. And I honestly, I mean, I want to thank the, obviously the, the shops. So it's uh, Gigabyte's uh, Gaming Cafe in Atlanta, I should say in Marietta, uh, Georgia. And then it's going to be the Little Shop of Magic in Las Vegas. But I also want to really, really, really uh, thank the local Patriots. Uh, you are one of them uh, because you really helped us in Atlanta. Uh, but I also want to thank uh, Alicia and Ray uh, that did a great job in Atlanta also. Uh, and I want to also uh, uh, really uh, thank a brand new Patriot, actually, uh, Alan uh, in Las Vegas, uh, because really they, all of you guys really helped with uh, making the event smooth, uh, bringing your own material so that we had enough terrain, enough mats for everyone, even if they forgot theirs, uh, so that we have a demo table that is always there, so that new people can be introduced to the game. It was really, really, I mean, you're doing a great job, guys, so I really want to thank you for that. Yeah. It was nice, too. We had, we had a good, really good turnout in Atlanta. Uh, I didn't see Vegas, obviously, yeah. I wasn't there, but for, for Atlanta, we had a really good turnout. We, we had some players that were coming, obviously, all from all over Georgia, but we also had a couple players that that drove up from other states. We had a gentleman from Florida that drove up and, and played both days and uh, yeah. made a tr made a trip out of it, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it it was really, really, uh, really nice. That's the reason why we like to organize these kind of events because people come come around and just gather and have like one or two days of pure fun. 
Uh, they just play. It's a campaign day. They have crazy scenarios on the tables. They face people that they are not necessarily used to face. Uh, and and really, everyone comes in a good spirit. Uh, obviously, you bring your best at the table, but everyone laughs. Everyone has fun. They try to experiment with their list instead of playing always the same thing. And that's really, really nice. So even if you have a player that comes with not enough points, uh, either they they actually lend him some, some miniatures or they just tone down their list to be able to play at the same point level. So yeah, it, it was an excellent turnout uh, for both uh, events, actually. So uh, it's really events that we enjoy doing. So the next one is actually in Wisconsin. We're going to be in Madison uh, at Noble Night Games. Uh, so this time we're going to be uh, uh, helped by the Patriots Jared and Chris. Uh, so they're going to be organizing a very sweet event. Uh, if you don't know them, Jared is one of the two Mustafa brothers the two guys that come with dy uh, dynamite sticks and fez uh, <laughs> during during conventions. Uh, and Chris is better known as Scott Waterford on Facebook. And he's the guy who makes the amazing uh, posters, movie posters about dust. So, so yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun also. We're really excited about that. Well, the most, uh, the most, recent, most recent poster I saw was yeah. ook, ook, ook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ook, ook, ook. After Tora, Tora, Tora. Yes. <laughs> Which classic movie? I do want to see the new version, though. The ook, ook, ook. I do want to see that. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> I'm definitely interested in that. <laughs> but yeah, it's so we're really excited uh, about going there. Uh, and then the next one will be in October, and it's going to be in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado, actually. Uh, in the best shop of Colorado Springs and the longest enduring shop, I think, uh, Gamers Heaven. Uh, and it's going to be, again, a, a day of fun uh, with crazy scenarios. And rumor has it that they might have uh, one uh, issue of the Japanese Super Walker, oh. the, robot, the robot that we have... Uh, shown during conventions in the past few years i should say so it might be there so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun so if you want to see some under under top secret japanese technology you got to get to colorado springs Definitely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've we had a good we had a good mix of players at the atlanta the atlanta event um the axis players for the for the weekend racked up the most wins, uh, but there was also the most people playing Axis. Um, yeah. Some SSU, a few IJN players. I myself uh, uh -huh. played Mythos. I lost all my games but one. But the one that I won <laughs> was the live stream game that Gigabytes did. So at least I didn't lose on camera. That's, that's <laughs> what matters. <laughs> There's uh, no trace of the loss. Exactly. No proof of your win. <laughs> exactly. That's how it should be. When it matters, it came through. Um, exactly. Well, that was that was a good time. I we played a lot of the scenario. Um, we the way the way we tried to set it up. We we had all of our mats on the board. The various uh at the multiple tables that we had, and then we set up each board. Uh, each each game mat area had a scenario that was already pre set up for that 
map so as players are going through you can kind of play it like a campaign and kind of go through each each scenario if you wanted or if you're just showing up ready to play if there's an open one you jump on that table and, and that's you already have that going through so you're kind of ready to go but uh, we had a couple pretty fun uh, pretty fun scenarios that we used uh, highlighting from um, uh, the, mostly from Paradise Lost campaign there was a few in there that we had from uh, the Endless War as well um, yep. there was a nice there's a nice catalog of those uh, that you can find uh, from the various Facebook pages that we have if you guys are interested um, you can find all those campaigns that are saved when we when we send them out via the newsletter um, you can find the scenario for that month and you can also go back and find the previous ones but uh, the one of my favorites uh, that I got to that we I got to see play I actually didn't get to personally play it, but I, I enjoyed watching people play it because I thought it was it was a pretty pretty cool back and forth tug of war type of battle. Uh, it was a scenario called the Great Sandwall, and yes. essentially with that you're you're going to deploy. So you you set up your mats, um, two gaming mats in the in the three by four setup, and then you're mm -hmm. play, you're from the from the long ends, player one's going to enter from one long end. Player two's going to enter from the other long end. And there's really not very much terrain on either side of the mat, but right in the middle, uh, parallel with the the entering areas, right in the middle is a line, is a wall. And it's just an unpassable line, line of sight blocking wall with two trees. One tree kind of on one map somewhere uh, like five squares up on the wall from the edge and, and the same mirrored on the other side. And the goal of this, this scenario is uh, you want to be able to have more points from your force on your opponent's side of the wall than they have on your side of the wall. So you essentially have two choke points that you have to force your whole army through or keep their army from getting through and be able to push through and, and get uh, and get some points on the other side all while there's a sandstorm going on so it was it was pretty intense it was, it was pretty funny to watch uh, the players setting up to play this match and, and just kind of scratching scratching their heads like man how am I gonna make this <laughs> yeah it is it is a very complex scenario way more complex than the layout uh, let's let you guess but there's also one detail that is really important is that as the, the, the half of your opponent, the half table of your opponent is the objective zone, you cannot airborne anything in your open side. So even if you have an airborne, uh, a complete airborne uh, uh, army, like Luftwaffe, for example, and even if you have the, the, the platoon that allows you to land in range one of an objective, the closer you're going to land is actually in the two forests that are just the two pathways to your open stable. So that's very, very tricky for anyone to be able to just go through these pathways and then dominate the table. It's really something that you have to to make sure you you can do properly. Uh, strangely you're... enough. Your your yeah. your aircraft aren't included in that pointless either, so you can't just fly aircraft over and hope to get the points that way. But the, the problem is the problem with the aircraft is actually the sandstorm. That's that's the thing is that if the weather gets bad, your aircraft gets out of the table. 
Yeah. So you could you could have an aircraft in theory, but the problem is that if the weather gets worse, uh, worse, take it out of the table, and it will, it will come back maybe next round. So it's it's very very complex. Uh, a good example of a list that can actually uh, conquer the table fast would be uh, an army of rocketeers. So the heavy rangers, the the rocket and trooper from the Luftwaffe, for example. Mm. But at the same time, as you as you mentioned, there are very few terrain on each side of the table. So if you go on the other side too fast, you will die very fast. So it's really something that you have to measure properly, uh, uh, and then you have to take advantage of the flow of the game, basically. So IGN, for example, if you enter with some ninjas and you smoke or you you use camouflage a lot you might be able to to i would say delay your death <laughs> when you enter the the half of the table so it's really it's really something that is it, it's a very nice scenario it was created by olivier i think and it's really really a nice scenario that makes you think a lot so well, so Very interesting, and it's a it's definitely a balance too. Because if you if you rush that choke point where the tree is, if you rush that and try to get your guys there very quickly and, and beat your opponent there to try to start getting guys on the other side, it's exactly yeah. that. Now you have all these all these forces you're trying to shove through there. Your your opponent can maybe sit there and decide, well, I'll just I'll wait for him to get there, and I'll just yep. I'll just unload. I don't even have to move. I can just sustain fire and just just throw everything at that tree, kill him off, maybe try to. To pick off a bunch of units and then move in, but then again, if they wait too long, now they're now it's going to be harder for them to get through. So it's it's a nice. I like it. I, I enjoyed watching it. It was always interesting because the the players that I saw playing it, I saw a Steel Guard versus IGN match. I believe the Steel Guard won. So yeah. those, you know, slow moving Steel Guard just kind of worked worked their way up and and did some damage. Uh, ninjas did the best they could to to melee and put the smoke down, but ultimately didn't have quite the survivability that they needed to, to last. But um, Yeah, the problem of the ninja list that was played is that they had a lot of troops and very few vehicles. Mm. And, and right now, with the IGN, you need to have at least three walkers on, on the table. Uh, that's my opinion. Uh, I mean, there there are obvious exceptions of people that are way more brilliant than I am with the, with the, with this army. But I think that really you need to have three walkers on the table at all time. Uh, the Tengu because you need the platoon, but also uh, Nenenra because it's really a, a very good walker against everything basically. And on that specific scenario, I would plead for. Uh, I take the Basan. The Bassan, exactly, yeah. yeah, because the the flamethrower with the flames that stay on the table for two two turns can really really change a lot of things for your you, you for the could, flow of the game. You uh, could essentially, with that scenario, if you had a Bassan, because with the two choke points, if they don't have anything that can get over the terrain and have to go through those trees, you could essentially camp a Bassan at one of the trees and just keep putting fire down and just take it take that option away and then shove everything through the other. Uh, through the other choke point. Yep, exactly. So that's a, a really cool scenario. I really enjoyed watching it. Um, that is on. That is an endless war campaign. So you can find that yep. in the catalogs. So check that out. If you haven't played it, go and find it. It's a lot of fun, um, and it's very easy to set up. You, you don't really need much at all to set that up, and you are sure to enjoy it, and maybe even be a little bit frustrated, which is always good because it will. 
expand your your strategy there a little bit yeah it's def it's definitely an advanced scenario and it's something that is going to give you some very pleasant headaches <laughs> yes yes absolutely but um, so you've you gotten a chance at any of these events? I, I have not gotten a chance to play with it yet. I do have one, but I haven't. Uh, I've, I've played against someone using one. But how have you seen the VK stash in use? Oh my! Oh my God! Um, well, I played the VK stash in Las Vegas, and actually, uh, a few players were playing the VK stash in front of me or on other tables, and it's definitely a very nice item for two points. Um, it's subtle to set up uh, because uh, the rules for the VK stash say that uh, you can carry it in a vehicle if you want. If it's a, a transport vehicle, okay, it takes obviously uh, six seats, but at least you can do that. Uh, or it can be carried by an, uh, an engineer vehicle, so um, vehicle with an engineer uh, skill. Uh, the the VK stash basically is placed, is deployed as a unit from your army, okay, on the first turn of the game. So that means that it counts in the number of activations that you have for the first turn. After that, it doesn't. And then uh, it also can, it has to be deployed next to a friendly unit on the board. So that means that it cannot obviously be your first choice to deploy uh, because you have to have a unit on the table and it can be next to any friendly unit on the board. Uh, it cannot be moved or destroyed, okay? And it doesn't grant cover or doesn't block line of sight. So uh, the ground vehicles, except walkers, cannot move across the VK stash also, okay? And you cannot occupy the same square as a unit. So it's really, really tricky. Uh, and it's definitely, it has a, a learning curve, but it's really something that can be really interesting to play with a, in a very large amount of scenarios. Uh, Obviously, uh, the basic stuff is to have, a, for example, let's say a support unit that needs a long-range weapon with a laser or with a railgun, and you know that it's going to stay at the back of the table, so you just put it at the back of the table. The VK stash is in front or behind, it doesn't matter, or, or next to, and basically you shoot like that, and you use the VK stash to reroll your dice without having to sustain, or in addition to your sustain attack, because... You can reroll once thanks to the sustain attack, and you can reroll twice thanks to your VK stash. So it's really important. Uh, obviously, if you have two units of supports like that, you can place them on each side of the VK stash and take advantage of two barrels per turn. So it's pretty fun also. Uh, but there's there are also some other ways to use it. For example, when you play a Herman that has scout and lasers, uh, you can move four. Uh, and then put the VK stash there uh, when it's your next time to activate. And suddenly your VK stash is really close to the middle of the table and will be able to be used by short-range weapons with lasers, like Laser Grenadier, for example, or by your airman if it stays there. Uh, so that can be really fun to play. Uh, you can also uh, use it as a deterrent. Uh, for example, when you have... A, a scenario with several objectives, and you have an airborne uh, Luft Airman, for example, you can really drop your Airman wherever you want, or your RSO uh, laser cannon, and then put the VK stash next to it and just enjoy the show. <laughs> so, so that can be really, really, uh, really fun. Uh, 
it's it has really a ton of possibilities, uh, and that's really something that people will have to experiment with in order to enjoy it uh, plainly, uh, because really you can do a lot of things with it. So, especially in especially, I mean, I really uh, right off the bat, it feels very strong to use if you're particularly if you're the defender because of the fact that you can leave it next to uh, a unit that you're probably not going to be using moving very often um, yeah if you're attacking with it I feel like you might be more better served to put it in a vehicle so you can have that maneuverability option with it um, and keep it more readily available that way but either way that's it's a lot of um, it's really interesting I'm looking forward to trying it out in, in some of my lists I just don't have I gotta build a Tesla laser list I don't, I don't have any lasers that have the weapons that uh, benefit it right now but um... uh, Carl uh, Carl uh, super heavy tank with a with a VK stash next to it becomes stupid like stupid fun it's really uh, <laughs> you're gonna roll 11 dice with your Tesla and you're gonna reroll all your failed dice uh, I mean it's and the fun thing is that you can really move your tank around uh, just a little bit left, a little bit right. You always have some line of sight, and still be in contact with the in a, in range one of the of the Vicky stash and uh, take advantage of it. So there's really, I mean, there's really no bad way to use it, uh, except dropping it in your enemy's uh, front because you just played the spy, for example. But that would be really stupid. <laughs> well, and the other the other thing with the VK stash too, which is really I think is cool and unique, your in, your opponent can use the VK that you bring onto the board. Yes, exactly. So you, if you are not wise with your VK stash, your VK stash could be used and fall into the wrong hands. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun. It's you know, or, or just use. It's a cool piece of uh, piece of terrain too. You can even just use it as terrain if you want. So I, I would, I like that. It's exciting. It's fun. Fun new addition for sure. It is. It is definitely, and you always have these two extra points that you don't know what to do with, and sometimes you don't need Natalia, even though she's pretty awesome, but because you have an enough anti-infantry and you just want more options, and yeah, the VK stash gives you these options when you have special weapons like laser, phaser, Tesla weapons, or railguns. You're going to be enjoying them a lot. Absolutely. So you talked a lot about uh, what's coming up for the Christmas releases and, and uh, the stuff that you got to, to bring with you on some of the recent uh, tours. What's something uh -huh. you're excited about that uh, we haven't seen yet? Oh, the the Steel Guard starter uh, is going to be another Christmas release, and it's going to be extremely exciting. It's going to be the first Steel Guards that have actually a jetpack. Uh, so it's not the regular jetpack that you're used to use with uh, other Rocketeers, because obviously the the Steel Guard armors are a little bit heavier. It's going to be a, a once-per-game jetpack where you're going to be able to double your speed and gain charge. Mm. And that that goes really well with a unit that has only melee weapons and assault shield. So you're going to be able to really uh, go super fast suddenly and punch your opponent to death. And because the weapons are also Tesla, uh, if you just damage them and don't kill them, you will still stun them. So it's pretty efficient uh is now is those, those jetpacks is it is it used as an ability or is it is it something like a one-off weapon where it can be reloaded or no no it's not a weapon it's not it cannot be reloaded it's a it's a skill so it's really once per game 
suddenly you gain charge and you double your speed. Nice. Uh, it's also a unit that has smoke launchers, uh, which means that you're going to be able to cover your, your advance properly before charging. So it's really, really sturdy, really resilient, obviously, because steel guard. Uh, but then it's all in. So you're going to go, you're going to kill something, and then you're going to probably face a certain death. Uh, because even when you have a sold shield, uh, when you lose the shield, suddenly you have way less saves uh, in melee. Uh, and of course, uh, the usual flames, railguns, or uh, snipers are going to be your bane, and you're going to have to really be careful with that. Uh, so it's a starter set that is going to be 30, 30 points, 31 points, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's a little bit heavier. Uh, the, the vehicle is going to be very similar to the Babushka that already exists. It's called the Type 45. And uh, instead of having two small machine guns, it's going to have a dual heavy machine gun as a turret, uh, but the same main weapon with the Gatling guns. So very good anti-air, uh, pretty efficient anti-infantry. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be a very interesting starter set, uh, a little bit different in the gameplay, uh, but it's going to be, and it's going to also create some new synergies with the with the Steel Guard faction. So it's going to be really interesting. It sounds like it'll be nice, a nice group to mix with some of the other SSU stuff as well. Probably bring in even more fun Steel Guard mixtures. I, I always like to mix Steel Guard in with my SSU list. I very rarely run just a straight Steel Guard list, but. Yeah. Now there's with more and more options, it's getting there's there's all kinds of fun ways to build it out. Oh, definitely, uh, definitely. Uh, with the PLA army, the Spetsnaz, it's gonna be uh, pretty fun to play this kind of unit because they are gonna really bring something that these two factions don't have right now. So it's gonna be really interesting. Well, awesome. We'll be looking forward to seeing more about that, and yeah. we'll definitely be talking more about that as as we get closer and. Really great stuff on the horizon, and a lot of fun that we had recently. So if you get a chance, if you're going to be around Colorado Springs in October, or in around Wisconsin in... On the 28th on the of September. On the 28th of September, get out to one of those events. Uh, you can check out some of these previews and take part in all the, the great fun that's going to be had. Uh, we thank you very much. For, for listening and if you have any questions please feel free to always post them if there's more stuff you want to hear about please let us know we want to make sure we are covering all the stuff you guys want to hear and keep making this this podcast uh, what you want it to be so please reach out thank you very much and stay dusty hell yeah there was a turtle by the name of Bert and the turtle was very alert. When danger threatened him, he never got hurt. He knew just what to do.